Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Love Doors Podcast, Derek Kramer, Frank Curry, and you know, there was a thing that happened and then it didn't happen, unlike this podcast, it happens, no matter what anyone wants to do. Obviously, I'm referencing Antonio Brown, not wanting to go ahead and be a Bill, and then basically strong-arming his way to go to the Raiders. Frank? Yeah? It almost happens. I don't like to generally criticize a player's motives. But he went to the Raiders with Uh, John Gruden. So He went to the dumpster fire Raiders that are in Oakland. For now. For another year. Maybe two. So that gives me two reasons why he went to Oakland. Money and Vegas? Yes. Vegas and money. Yes. Not because they go they go very well together. It's true. It is true. So once you go to Nevada, the way, by the, the way, way, that the way it tells me once you go to Nevada, by the way, all that money is uh, tax free. The way so what it what that tells me is Brown wanted to go to a team that would restructure his contract so he could get more money. I feel like the Bills would have backed up the Brinks truck anyway. But if this is about location for him. This is absolutely think, about location. I, I don't know if the Bills were going to restructure his contract or give or do it to make him one of the highest paid receivers in the league. Or the highest. They had the money to throw. They, they had the it. money, but were they willing to do it? They would have done it. If you're trading for the man, you would have. They were starting to talk with Brown and Rosenhaus, and the two of them just sabotaged the whole thing. This is location for him. I'm feeling it's both. I feel like it's one thing and one thing only. And if it's, it's probably that. So guess what? You know what this means? Well, Antonio Brown, maybe okay. you are just uh, in for a rough one because you ended up going to the Raiders. John Gruden's your coach. He's done great with diva receivers in the past, like Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> so you have fun with that. I mean, he's going to have 20 million reasons per year so, or whatever to – care about it or not care about it so so now, all the power to you i guess so now with because rapaport was the one who broke that thursday night by the way poor no. ian rapaport yeah because everything did go down no he he was definitely correct and it's, then the receiver decided to tank the entire thing yeah and now every time he reports something people are gonna be like i don't believe you no not even that P- people are doing it oh i know because you, guess what if you rapaport go to the con- just tweeted another bills thing are you, when you go ahead and look at a comment on on anything Rappaport breaks right now, 50% of it is, are you sure? And, yes, you just mentioned that. And the there are, it is, the first comment. I don't believe you. Uh, the Bills expected to land free agent Kevin Johnson. The cornerback visited with the Bills earlier this week. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I'm not sure that uh, he's going to really have a problem there. But poor Rappaport is getting dunked on again in the comments. Eh, let's wait for Schefter to confirm it. Yeah. Are you sure about this? I don't believe you. Like, Rappaport's getting destroyed right now, and it's not his fault because... No, he's reporting what's what he's being he's told. He's reporting what was told to him by a source yeah. that was apparently think- a little overexcited from Pittsburgh that there was going to be a deal done. Yeah. And then Brown goes ahead and sabotages the deal, and the Bills go, you know what? This isn't worth it. First off, good for you, Brandon Bean, for having at least some form of standards here on acquiring Antonio Brown. Yeah. That if he wasn't going to come here, you were just like, okay, you know what? Cool. Then we don't want you. Yep. So, Kevin Johnson would be actually pretty interesting for this team. I mean... Everyone would argue the first thing, like, oh, the Bills don't need corners. Levi Wallace did great. Levi Wallace did great for a part of the season as the starting corner. There, was a, rota- there was a rotation there. Was there was a rotation, and after, signing- after a certain player decided to quit on the team at halftime, uh, they had a rotation of corners throughout the re- season opposite of Tredavious White. Levi Wallace was the one that managed to stick, but competition is good. That's what, and that's what this signing is. Johnson's a good Johnson's a good cornerback, and now you're implementing more competition with him and Levi Wallace, and you still got Teron Johnson as well. Yeah, Taron Johnson Taron. in the slot, still a solid player. Yeah, like it's very possible that, and it's very likely those are your four cornerbacks going into next year. Your your secondary essentially stays mostly intact because you're still going to have Poyer, Hyde, and uh, Saran Neal and uh, Raphael Bush. Yeah, secondary is still very secondary solid. still very good. And honestly, I would like to say that the Bills' defense, if you can get some more depth to it, all right, even better. And I think that's what they're looking at. And this isn't going to be a big money deal. Like, Kevin Johnson was released based yeah. on health issues, so there's going to be a lot of incentives probably to this contract. Yeah. And that would allow the Bills to uh, – focus a little bit less on needing to get a corner in the draft. Because I thought that they would target one in the draft in the middle of the draft, like Mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle rounds, four to six, something like that. Now they don't have to. Now they don't have to do that. And, I mean, granted, they are a best player available kind of team. They don't really give a damn what the position is. Mm -hmm. So you might see them still draft a corner. Don't get mad. Now the chances of it are probably lower, though. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily lower. I'm saying now they don't have to look into it. Yeah. Because they're addressing the depth. It does make a little more the likely of uh, them probably drafting a linebacker or a defensive lineman a little bit more. Because they're going to look into that a little bit more. Along with, obviously, what they're going to do on offense. Yeah, and again, it's just one of those things, though, where, you know, I would like to see what happens there. All right, here's some other free agency links, by the way, that the Bills are in on. Um, In addition to probably signing Kevin Johnson, or likely signing Kevin Johnson, the former Texans cornerback and uh, former 2015 first-rounder, Jason Lockonfor reports that the Bills are in on former Chargers receiver Tyrell Williams. 
And the big doozy of them all, Frank, you can't have a Sean McDermott Bills team without an aging running back. Frank Gore is linked to the Bills. Fantastic. Frank Gore. And fantastic. Year one of McDermott, it was Tolbert. Year two, it's Chris Ivory. Year three, it's Ivory and Frank Gore. I didn't know that running back was the position that you could actually be old at. If that was the case, why did Doug Whaley cut Fred Jackson all those years ago? Because, man, I like who doesn't like Fred Jackson? Yeah. So, Frank Gore is a weird one to me, I think. I mean, your three running backs on your depth chart would be LaShawn McCoy, Chris Ivory, and Frank Gore. What the hell are you doing over there? I get that the running back position is devalued, but it's not that devalued, man. You can't have age be the superstar in your backfield. Three running backs over the age of 30, that would be kind of stupid, I think. You need some speed there. McCoy is not the fastest guy in the world, but he's easily the fastest one of the three. Ivory's a bruiser. Gore is old. Gore's older than Ivory old. And Frank Gore, Hall of Fame career. I said it. Very underappreciated career Frank Gore has had. That does not mean that the Bills should be in on him when your other running backs are also on the other side of 30. It's kind of stupid. Yeah, I don't know what what's going on with that. I'd rather see them draft a guy. Yeah, I'd rather see them draft a running back, you know, mid to late rounds. Yeah. Try to get some value there. And I just see free agency in Frank Gore, and I'm just like, no, dude. Yeah. No, that's not it. Like, <sighs> this ain't it, Chief. I mean, it's not like running back is a bevy of great talent here, but I think I'd rather have – oh, God, I'm actually looking at the free agency list of running backs, and um, maybe if you're going to have to sign one, like – gun to the head you have to sign a free agent running back or else um i would say tevin coleman or mark ingram but neither of them are speed guys because other than that here's the rest of the list jhi i'm skipping Le'Veon bell obviously jhi tj yeldon cj anderson marshawn lynch who's probably retiring again spencer Ware, hey. um mike davis Javorius Allen, Bilal Powell, Latavis Murray, Doug Martin, Alex Collins, Jeremy Hill, LeGarrette Blunt, and Darren Sproles. A lot of those guys are older running backs that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Pretty gross. Adrian Peterson's also supposedly available, but I think he's re-signing in Washington. Yeah, I think running back is one where you want to draft a guy. Yeah. Draft a guy. Find someone. I mean, obviously we're going to have to wait for that sort of thing, and maybe you're just bringing in more competition to see if Ivory or Gore ends up getting cut as the backup, and then you add a third guy through the draft on your depth chart through the draft. Maybe. That's my best theory on it. We'll see. We'll see. It's the tampering period right now. 
So I don't want none of these. Uh, what is it? None, none of these will be official until like Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday is the first day of free agency. So there it is. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens here. I mean, the big thing for the Bills is offensive line. Trent Brown, the offensive tackle for the Patriots, is the first one off in the legal tampering period with yep. uh, the Raiders throwing money around at Trent Brown. After throwing money at Antonio Brown. Good for them. A lot of people from New England are saying, like a lot of fans and like national media are like, Oh, did they bring Patriots offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia with him? So they're wondering. There's a lot of people saying that the money that Brown just got, Trent Brown just got, was a product of the team, which would be interesting to see. The Bills, which though, probably is is true because the Raiders, uh, their offensive line coach, I've seen has been like the last three years the 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 whoever the offensive line that he's coached has been ranked near the bottom the last like last like three years and obviously we see how well the Patriots offensive line has been the last number of years forever it seems so I think I think that's a good point You know, you, you, you do find talent, you know, in any in any position in the football, you'll find someone who is who could be good at no matter what team they're on. But more often than not, you know, especially on, on like an offensive line, they're just, they're a product of the system, of the coaches that they're on that they play with, under. And their quarterback too. It that helps. Like the Patriots offensive line only really needs to be good for like for five seconds per play because Brady gets the ball out so quickly. If they yeah. don't mess up right away, it the play's fine. Yeah, exactly. And but, you're probably not going to see that in Oakland. Yeah, but the Bills though are uh, reportedly linked to trying to go after Carolina offensive tackle Darrell Williams as well as Denver center Matt Paradis. Those are the two players that they've been linked to on the offensive line. And those two are going to command a lot of money. Those two are going to command a lot of attention. I do not expect anything to be agreed to for those two players until probably Wednesday. Like Players and teams can agree to deals now. I'm not going to sense that Paradis and Williams will get an agreement done until about Wednesday. But I'd love to see what the Bills can do here. Trey Flowers, the uh, defensive end pass rusher from uh, New England, he's actually been linked to talking to the Bills. Yes. Trey Flowers is an interesting player to me. I think he's going to get very overpaid this free agency. I think that he's going to get a lot more money than he is worth, and that generally happens in free agency, but I think he's going to be one of those guys where it might be noticeable based on the position. Pass rushers tend to get a lot more money than they're worth, Mm -hmm. and to live up to the first couple of years of that contract, let alone the entirety of the contract, is kind of tough. See the Bills with Mario Williams, for example, right. in the past. Jerry Hughes has done a great job remaining consistent throughout, which you know, kind of allows you to appreciate the kind of player Jerry Hughes has been. Did he have an off year last year? Well, 
who else are they blocking on the pass rush? They're triple teaming Jerry Hughes at this point. Every game you get the uh, the trademark Jerry Hughes one arm flail because he's getting held like no tomorrow and they're not throwing the flag. It happens every game. Yep. Man's trying and he's just yep. like swinging one arm and he's just like get off of me. And then the next thing you know, he's around the quarterback and he's screaming for a flag and so is every other Bills fan in the world. But I would like to see what happens here. I think that they can uh Do you want to see the Bills target a edge rusher? Yes, they need one. If they sign Trey Flowers, and let's say he gets close to what the number it sounds like, which I read is, I believe, like $18 million. Do the Bills cut a guy or trade one they have now? I, that, you're probably like, talking and referencing Shaq Lawson. Yes. It might be him... I wouldn't even rule out Jerry Hughes. No. I don't think they cut their most valuable pass rusher. Because or even look – I would also arguably look to trade him. If they're going to look to trade someone, I think Shaq Lawson's the target. He's got a little more value as a younger player and would be someone that possibly could be a guy who ends up with a chance at a second city. Because Jerry Hughes – and his contract, not the worst thing here for the Bills. No. He's got an average salary of $9 million. That's a, Yeah, that's really – that's pretty good. For the production Jerry Hughes gives you, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good con- – okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. So Shaq, Shaq Lawson is number one for me, definitely. Yeah, Shaq Lawson would probably be your trade target. They, The Bills also need to look for another uh, D-tackle. That I honestly think will happen in the draft. I can this see dra- that. Honestly, at pick nine, if they get a player that is... By the way, Jerry Hughes is in the last year of his deal. His cap hit is 10.4 for this season. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. You can. I wouldn't even bother cutting him at this point. No, you don't even have to. Yeah. You would save $8 million or close to it. It would be 7500 I mean, seven million five hundred thousand. So seven point five million, you would save by cutting Jerry Hughes. But is that really worth it for an unknown commodity? No. Trent Murphy is probably your bigger contract worry. Even I would, then, you don't really have to. He only did sign a three-year deal, so it's not terrible. So he's entering year two of that. It's not the worst. And I think he's only – I think his – it was three years, $21 million, million, right? Yeah. Yeah, so $7 million a year. It's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are going to – look, they're going to spend money on defensive players. It's going to happen. They have $75 million in cap space. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's going to happen. Don't be pissed because they're also going to spend it on offensive players. They're going to spend it on offensive linemen. They're going to try to sign a wide receiver and hopefully not get burnt by it. But, I mean, honestly, pick nine, 
you might see a pass rusher or a defensive tackle there. Why? Because that's going to be the best player available at nine. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. Now, there is still we, – we talk about the Bills needing to get a receiver as well. They tried with Antonio Brown. It was th- it was this close to being done, and I'm putting my finger and my thumb really close together. That close to being a done deal. Even though Brown nixed the trade and messed it up, do you think the Bills put in a call to the Giants? About Odell Beckham. For Odell Beckham. Because it's sounding, it seems like the Giants are also looking to move him as well. Or at least they're taking calls. If the Giants are going to move Odell Beckham, then they're dumber than, they, than I thought. So, take it, so, if you were, so if you're the Bills, you're calling. There's a, I think there's a difference here. I think the Bills tried to pounce on Brown because there was a value like no other. Yeah. You weren't going to have to trade a first to get Antonio Brown. What are you going to have to trade to get Odell Beckham? Who didn't quit on his team in Week 17. He's been a bit of a headache. Yeah, but it's I, – do you think, I think a lot, of, a lot of it comes down to – do you think a lot of it comes down to his passion for the game? He's always – he wants to win. Again, I think, though, that this – if you were in on Antonio Brown, I would imagine the Bills are in on, on old poking their heads inside the door. I think, I think that's why I say, like, it's worth, it, it's worth calling the Giants and seeing what the price is. Yeah. And I, I think mean, Brown will. got traded for a third and a fifth. I mean, the Bills had this conversation with the Steelers on a Tuesday, and then – we're looking at Thursday night into Friday morning, and things have ramped up to a deal that is imminent almost. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd imagine the Bills will have conversations. I think that they will have talks. And I also think that ultimately, in the end, they might find it too pricey to get Odell Beckham. It may very well be. And that may because well be the, the case. price will be higher on Odell Beckham. How, and, and, that, and that's my question is how much higher will it be? Or could it be? And how much could you how much could you negotiate with the Giants? Because we don't know what the what the Giants asking price for Old Beckham is. I mean, there was the talks of Pittsburgh wanted what a first round pick for Brown, and they ultimately settled for a third and a fifth. Yeah. So it really, all depends on negotiating too. If talks do get and then and then it still comes down to if Odell Beckham wants to come to Buffalo, I think that one would be a little different. True, but you still have to have that discussion. Honestly, Odell Beckham and his antics, I personally think, have nothing on Antonio Brown at this point. No, they don't. No, so I don't think Odell Beckham would go ahead and say, "You know what I think Odell Beckham would say? Oh, my quarterback's not Eli Manning. <laughs> Sweet." <laughs> I think that's what he would end up with. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So, this is just one of those things where, like, it, 
it's different for a guy like Antonio Brown who's had Ben Roethlisberger for his whole life. Yeah, in the NFL. Whereas Odell Beckham got a declining Eli Manning. Yeah. I would think Odell Beckham would be fine with Let's say, Josh Allen. If you're the Bills and you want to trade for Odell Beckham, all for pick nine straight up. Oh my God, yes. It might be enough. Because you could convince the Giants, because where are the Giants picking? Like, they're in the top five. Where are the Giants picking, by the way? I think they're, oof. I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's in the top five. Yeah, because they were absolute trash this whole year. It might be five or six. Five or, so five or six. I don't remember which one it is. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. But, yeah, no, the Giants. And then just, you give them pick nine. They'll have two picks in the top ten. You which convince I'm them sure that they can, okay with. which they would, yeah, yeah. I think they'd be fine pick with nine, that sort of thing. Yeah, a pick nine might be enough to get it done. And if and if the Bills want to pursue that, they could. And but that's what I think, like. The Giants are taking calls on Odell, and the Bills are going to call and see. They're going to they're going to do their. By the way, Bean's the Giants are his, outside of the top five. They are picking six, so they're six. Still, so you could give them a nice first round. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could give them that. You're such a child. I know. What am I saying? Who am I to criticize you? I know, right? So, I think, though, that this free agency period is going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what they do with all this money. Because they want to be able to spend smart. That's something that they've preached. But at the same time, they're going to go after some big ticket items here, I hope, with the offensive line in particular. I think if they go offensive line heavy in this free agency, they get a Paradis and they get a Daryl Williams, for example. Say they land both of those tickets – the team no longer has to stress about it in the draft. And at pick nine, you're probably going with the best player available. I am I'm going to be on my knees praying to the football gods that DK Metcalf falls to you at nine. But if he doesn't, oh well. It happens. You get the, ne- you get the best player available. Could be Noah Font. And I'd be cool with that. I'd be very cool with that, too, yeah. Could be any one of the D-tackles available. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options that you have now at pick nine, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't have to worry about a certain position. I don't have to worry about anything like that. By the way, it's uh, Jeff Howe reporting the latest on this as well. Yeah. That um, 
the Giants are in trade discussions with Odell Beckham Jr. I don't understand why. <laughs> but if the Bills were in on, uh, or were willing, I should say, they were in on Antonio Brown. I have to say it right. If the Bills were in on Antonio Brown, they have to at least do their due diligence, and I suspect that they will. I just don't know if they will give up. When you're talking about the draft capital of landing a young wide receiver like this, because Antonio Brown also was in his 30s. What yeah, he's 31. Not? Beckham is uh, 27. No, I think 26? he's younger than that. Well, he was 2014. He was a 2014 draft. Uh, he's 26. 26. So he's going to be 27. But still, there's that's still that's still pretty several young. years of an age difference. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would be interesting. Like I'd be interested to see what the Bills' conversations would sound like there with the Giants. I'm not expecting to land him. Just like yeah. how nobody saw the AB trade talks even happening. Nobody saw that coming. Yeah, no one saw that coming. But you expect at least due diligence. Yeah, I and expect that call. they will do something here. By the way, the Raiders. Yeah. Here's the contract details on Trent Brown. They're four years, $66 million. That's probably your target for a free agent offensive tackle. That's I don't know the highest uh, in NFL history for a, for a lineman. I don't think Daryl Williams gets that. He's coming off of a knee injury. No. Which means the Bills could be in on a bargain here. Yeah. Matt Paradis, there's rumors that he might get $11 million a year. Are you cool with that for a center? For four years? At 44, yeah. You need that kind of, and you need that kind of player for Josh Allen. That's yes. worth it. That's worth it for your quarterback. Yes. We'll see what happens. Because be I, I really think that the most imp- – well, making sure everything is good on defense is very important too, and you want to get it. They need to get a couple receivers. The most important thing for the Bills this offseason is shoring up that offensive line to protect Allen. Yeah. Because the more that Allen is protected, you don't have to have the big talent at receiver – if Allen is making progressions, the receiving the numbers will be there. And it will be a product because he has protection and he can throw the ball. Yeah, I think there's a lot to do here. And it's going to be interesting starting on Wednesday when everything can officially go through. All the trades that have been reported throughout the offseason now officially go through. Joe Flacco will go to Balt—I mean, go to Denver. Baltimore will have to have made that trade. There are like there's there's names that are going to shuffle. The Antonio Brown trade will become official on Wednesday. Case Keenum trade will become official. Case Keenum. That's right. I to forgot Washington. about that. Yeah, Case Keenum to Washington. Has anyone? No, I cannot. I what? already know the answer. What's I was going to say, has anyone ever done more with less? And then, no, that answer absolutely is Sam Bradford, who should be going to Denver because Denver doesn't know what they're doing with their quarterbacks. <laughs> 
I'm interested to see what happens here. I like what the Bills are doing so far. They're looking at a big-time pass rusher. They are signing a depth corner. Yep. Who can sign before free agency because he was released yes. by the Texans. Kevin Johnson can sign with them as soon as today. As soon as it becomes official. I want to see what they do about attacking the offensive line. I want to see what they do about attacking the wide receiver position. I don't think it's Odell Beckham, but I do think that it's going to be something. Do you think it's... I, I think it's very possible. You're probably going to see a mix for offensive line and receiver. I honestly you go, don't know You're going to get gonna the experience. If, if you're, they're going to go for... Receiver, here's what I think they're going to do in free agency. They're going to go after Tyrell Williams. If the price point's too much, they're going to back out. And I'm more than okay with that. Yeah. Tyrell Williams is possibly going to get wide receiver one money, and he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest mistakes of this regime, or of this team, I should say, I don't know if this was a Bean McDermott decision, but letting Robert Woods walk. That... I mean, he wanted to play at home in L.A., so I don't know how much of that was really going to play a factor. That was McDermott. Yeah. Just McDermott. Because that was that without was, Bean yet. Bean wasn't here yet. Whaley so was still Whaley the general was still manager. GM, yeah. I also think their biggest mistake was misusing Robert Woods. Oh, my God, yeah. He's a blocking receiver. Really? Nah. Heinz Ward was a blocking receiver, too, but he was also a really damn good receiver. Use that. And the Rams were like, yo, this guy's actually a really good receiver. They made you do what? All the time? No, let's actually let you get some uh, passes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that free agency, they're not going to go crazy on wide receiver. I think that if they're going to swing big at something, it'll be at the draft. Yeah, I could see that. And I expect a wide receiver to be in their for, in one of their first three picks. Do you think it's do, do you think what's the possibilities of them trading down from nine? Like very high, you think? Not very high. Not very high. I do think though that with more about Kyler Murray being a top five pick at this point, mm-hmm. it helps. Because if it's Murray and Haskins, yeah, there are going to be conversations. And there might be conversations about Drew Locke. Uh, <laughs> and if a team needs to vault, say, Denver to get to Drew Locke, that's where Buffalo comes in. Yeah. I honestly think Drew Locke is not a first-round pick. But if a team does, the Bills could take advantage. That's what I'm thinking. And also, at the same time, We've seen them. We've seen them do this before, where they will trade down with the team to trade up to get a quarterback, and then use picks they get and the extra picks that they have already to trade back up when they need to. If they can get a trade down, that would be interesting. At the same time, though, there is top end talent that's going to be there at nine, and I doubt that this is the regime that will pass that up. Yeah, that's true too. They've been known to go after top end talent they liked josh allen they went after him yep they liked tremaine edmonds as a top end talent dude should have been a top 10 pick they went after him 
there's going to be a player that falls into their lap this year. And I think that the most realistic trade-down scenario involves like three or four picks. I think the most realistic scenario is you might do a deal with Miami. The Dolphins want a young quarterback. They need to get in front of Denver. And you trade down five picks. Excuse me, four picks. From 9 to 13. They can see that. That's your most realistic scenario, I think. Your second most realistic scenario is that there's a player that another team just wants and say it's like a Brian Burns or a uh, – Maybe even like an Ed Oliver. One of those big-name defensive linemen falls. And a team just really wants that pass rusher. The Bills will go, okay, I've got options if I move down a couple of picks. Atlanta could look at a pass rusher. There's something going on there with Tack McKinley. I think that if Atlanta, for example, wants a pass rusher, the Bills can go ahead and trade down to 14. They wouldn't have a problem with that. They could probably get the player that they still want at 14. There's a lot of options, and I'm excited for the draft. But their options also have to start with free agency. What can you take care of now? And can you do it in a smart way? Yeah, it's going to be huge. You know what else is huge? Hmm. The fact that we have to watch two games without Jack Eichel. What a segue. That segue was huge. I'd give it a C. Much like how I have to see this team without Jack Eichel. Two games. Two games. Two games! Was it the right call? Yes. I think so. That is a textbook hit. Connor McDavid got hit with the same kind of suspension. Yeah. On a similar type of hit. Obviously, there's always problems that come with it. People don't think it's worthy of two games. Eichel himself said it. He doesn't think it's worthy of two games. I think two games is fair. The problem is that NHL does a terrible job setting precedent anyway. This one so they got looks, right, though. So it looks, so it always looks like It always looks bad yeah. because you see Lumberjack Radko Gudis get away with dumb things half the time. Malkin swung his stick at a player and got one game, even though he didn't hit him he, uh, against uh, Michael Raffle, the Flyers. Yep. He swung his stick right like near his face. He didn't hit him, but he got one game for it. And he attempted to hit him. Yeah. He even said basically as much. Yeah. So I think two games make sense. It's they actually. I'm got a this little one right. surprised that player safety didn't look at the Zadorov hit on Eichel. I'm a little. I I think I think that was just more of the refs took care of it being making it an interference call or whatever they called it. Should they, for example, have called a double minor on that? Probably. What gets the NHL Department of Player Safety's attention, though, is what was called. One was called roughing. Yeah. The other was called an illegal check to the head. Yeah. That gets the Department of Player Safety's attention every time. 
you're going to have a conversation with them if you get that penalty called. And does he hit him in the head? Yeah. Yeah, he did. There's a lot of different ways Eichel could ta- attack that, I think. And what he did was he tried to be sly about it and try to get the hit. Obviously, I don't think he tried to hit him in the head. He just wanted to hit somebody. I think he was pissed yeah. that game. Yep. He was pissed. He wanted to hit someone and get the puck at the same time. Tried to do both. Didn't get both. He didn't well, he get did a, cl- he didn't, did he it didn't, illegally. He didn't get a clean check-in. Yeah. And therefore, when he got the puck, he didn't have the puck either. Because the play is dead. Now what is the question? You go, yes, is it two games? Alex Nylander gets called up. He does. Goals in four straight games in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Since he has turned 21, he has a goal every game. Who would have thought? Chris Baker joked that uh, becoming 21, being able to uh, to have some bev- to get a couple of wobbly pops is ha- sometimes the most helpful thing you can get. <laughs> <laughs> so, and immediately gets put on a is put on a line of practice today with Connor Sherry and Evan Rodriguez. The lines are interesting. It's doing what you have to. Yet there is point. still something wrong. Why is Casey Nelson off the pairings? Why is Casey Nelson an extra skater? Because he's a right-handed shot, that's why. Yeah. And I'm getting pissed about that. Play your best players. That's it for me. Play your best players, and that's not happening. It doesn't surprise me. We saw it, obviously, that Halsey will do it. As we have Montour Bergosian was a pairing against Chicago. But at the same but at the same time, a lot of coaches do that though, where they want the lefty righty. A lot. It's I it's more than you think. I understand that, but my problem is this. One of your best defenders is not in. I know. And I have a serious issue with that. I am interested to see what Middlestack can do with Skinner. Yes. Skinner and Pomonville, I like that. I like that. You know, I'm fine with that. Now he takes Reinhardt off the top line. Now. Yeah. When you need him there. Oh, my God. Oh, and the metrics say that Casey Middlestad plays well with Sam Reinhardt, doesn't it? Yeah. You were talking about this on a past podcast. I remember yeah, this. I know. I know. I know. And guess where they're not putting him? But now, but you know, now with this, now with that. I'm saying they. Housley yeah, I know. Is not putting him. I think the, the biggest thing with that is how he probably had to make a decision. Do I put him with Sam Reinhardt or do I put him with Jeff Skinner? The way that your second line has been producing lately, by the way, mm-hmm. with Rodriguez and with Sherry, and now you've got Nylander on there, it's intriguing. Yeah. The second line's been decent. Yeah. Been I find okay. it I just find it weird that you pick now 
to take oh, yeah. Reinhardt of off the course. top line. Oh, of course. That's always how – yeah, it, of course. When but Middlestack I think I, I think probably I, use one of the I players that, he plays best with. I think, it, But I think that was what what it became. Do you, I put – I have to split up Skinner and Reinhardt – just to get some kind, just to get something going without my captain. Honestly, here's do I my... put Middlestat with Reinhardt, or, and put somebody on the left side, or do I put him with Skinner? Honestly, here's what I think you should do. You should have Reinhardt there with Skinner and Middlestat because here's your problem. As good as Jeff Skinner's been, he doesn't drive the offense. Casey Middlestat does not drive the offense. Jason Pommel does not drive the offense on the line. Sam Reinhardt has shown, without being on the top line that he can drive a line. Light bulb. Right there. Do you think... Why am I criticizing it? Because it's going to take 10 minutes into the first period for it to switch anyway. Probably. Maybe this is Hous- Maybe this is Housley's way of trying to get middle stat to be able to drive a line. But the top line? You think that's going to... You have to put him somewhere. You have yes. to do something. Yes, your captain's out for the next. Your captain's not playing the next two games. You yes, got to do something. I also think that Jason Pominville is not the other wing that he should have. I think it's the guy who the numbers say he's played pretty well with. I think. I think so. I, I like I said. I, or is this Phil Housley's way of saying Vlad Saboka scored a goal two games ago? Let's give do him. Do you Reinhardt. want Vlad Saboka with Pominville and Skinner? No. Exactly. So it could be worse. I mean, yes, Vlad's book is with Sam Reinhardt now and Tage Thompson. It's because he scored a goal. And if Ryan, and if we're talking about Reinhardt driving a line, he's gonna drive Tage if we, and he's gonna drive Tage Thompson. That's all. Not Saboka. Saboka's gonna be it's gonna be Reinhardt Thompson. Who, by the way, had a pretty underrated assist on Saboka's goal yeah. in Chicago. Nice little uh cheesy pass. Yeah. Nice little talking gets it right to the stick of Saboka, who even he couldn't screw that up. Gergensen's would have, but I digress. Gergensen's also scratched. Good. I think I have to talk about this. I have an irrational hatred for Zemeckis Gergensen's at this point. I know you do. I know you do. I feel like it, but it needs to be addressed here. Because you were watching the game with me the Blackhawks game, and I am cursing up a storm every time Zemgus Gergensen has the puck. Yeah. Because it's a turnover. I'm genuinely shocked if there's an offensive chance when he's on the ice. More shocked than Vladimir Saboka. This man was a first-round pick. Yeah. Darcy, this is why you didn't do well enough your to hate, have your job so does your hate, you sucked in the first so round let me so let me so bad in the first round. let me ask you this does your hatred for gergesons come because he was a first round pick and he had high hopes kind of but at the same time it's like dude like do let's something. say gergesons was a fourth round pick and he becomes what he is right now do you still hate him? Probably. Because I shouldn't have to be able to relate to a professional hockey player. That's fair, too. I cannot tell you how many grade-A chances, especially last year when he was on the line with Eichel, that this man continues to whiff on. He falls over repeatedly while skating. 
I should not be able to relate to that as a hockey player. As someone who whiffs on shots and falls over a lot. I don't see that. I should not be able to relate to someone who gets paid to do it. I don't see the Sabres re-signing him this offseason. He's an RFA. But he should just be able to walk. They can let they can let, let him, him walk. Go. They can let him walk. Just let him go, for the love of my sanity. They they and they can, they can just not give him a qualifying offer, and he'd be a UFA on July first. It's the same thing with Larson. I'd rather have Larson. I don't mind if they keep him. They, they have can three, sign him to another. They one really year have deal. three of the same player: Larson, Gergensen, Saboka. Yeah. Guys who can do things for you. They might be going next year where their fourth line is Larson, Wilson, Saboka. I'd be cool with that. I would be cool with that. That's fine. As long as you resign Skinner. As long as Middlestat continue as long as Middlestat grows, he's got to. Tate Thompson has to grow. And now we have to see if Nealander can stick. Yep. Can he play well enough in these two games to stick? It might it might not even just be two games. That's what I'm saying. Can he play well enough for these two games? That he sticks around. Yeah. There's I'd still be 14 games left in the season, and even after Eichel comes back after two games, they may still keep him up the rest of the year to see if he can stick overall. That's what I'm saying. Not but just he un- had, But he has to play well enough in the two games. If he puts up yeah. a dud, you and I can both guarantee that he's if he stays traded. in Buffalo, he's going to get the press box treatment. Yeah. And he's going to get traded this offseason. Yeah. This is I'm start, by best the best shot. By the way, I remember you. we talked about you made the offer of Nylander for Puyarvi as a mm-hmm. trade two struggling prospects for each other to give them new starts. I am more and more on board with that as the days come. But Nylander's play could change my mind. This is his best shot. Yes. At sticking in Buffalo. And this is probably his last shot. At sticking in Buffalo. At sticking in Buffalo. He's getting the top six role that we all want him to get. He's yep. not playing on the fourth line. And he's playing power play. He's on He's on the second unit. This is his best chance. Yes. Let's see what he can do with it. Yes. I'm, I'm excited. I want to see it. I'm hopeful. Many of it for being hopeful? Maybe. The MAC tournament. UB Bowls. They're up to 18. 18th ranked? Yes. The women's team got a two seed. Can we see more double bowl action in March? The ladies probably have to get to the finals to have their chance to go dancing. Whereas the men are ranked 18th. They're going to get in. But they're on a new quest for 30 wins. That's going to be awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Tourney time's coming. Oh, yeah, one last thing. Frank, we've got a thing that uh, is going on in July that we're taking, pl- taking part of. Yes. And uh, you know, let's tell the people a little more about it here with the 11-day power play. I have been asked to play once again on the WGR team for the 11-day power play. And our skate is from 3 to 6 p.m. at Harbor Center on July 10th. 12 hours later, after the end of my shift with Team WGR, Frank and I take the ice at 6 a.m. on July 11th from 6 to 9 
a.m. Nice. Yes. And we're playing again with a couple of our friends. So I have it pinned on my Twitter page. Frank, I'd imagine, has done the same. Mm-hmm. I attended the uh, the captain's meeting, as a matter of fact, this past week for the 11-day power play. I got to meet some pretty cool people. I got to meet some of the people that have been affected with uh, or benefited from Make-A-Wish and from Camp Good Days. And it was, it was pretty cool to be there and to be there with uh, a lot of the captains that are there for this year. It was a pretty awesome experience. And... All I could say is everybody knows somebody that is affected by cancer. And we are raising funds in the most Buffalo way possible by playing hockey for three straight hours. For me, I'm playing six hours. I'm probably doing it in 24 hours. Yeah, you might be. I'm I'm likely doing it with you too. And if Frank gets the go ahead to join us in net, as a rotation, well, Frank's going to be doing the same thing as me. Hockey is fun. And I think there's no more fun way to raise funds for something that is the least fun thing in the world, dealing with cancer. And one of our, one of our friends, one of our mentors when we were at Buffalo State, one, a guy who worked here at Entercom in Tom Connolly, that's the kind of person that I'm playing for. That's the kind of person that everybody knows in their life is a guy who, you know, would do anything for anyone. And that's not a joke. Tom Connolly routinely sent people home on holiday nights and took care of their station at the same time as BEN on the overnight. I'm asking you to hit us up on Twitter at Derek Kramer 49 and at Frank R. Curie. Our pages are up for the 11-day power play. Please, please, please hit us up with some donations. Hit us up with anything you can do. Share it for us. Tweet it. Retweet it. Share the link on your Facebook or on your Twitter. Do whatever you can. Because as much fun as we have on the podcast, doing anything, really, like I said, The least fun thing in the world is having to deal with you or a loved one dealing with cancer. And it sucks. It always does. So help us out because you know that it hits home for everybody. Let's go ahead and raise more funds for cancer awareness and for programs to help those with cancer. And for funding, for cures and ways to treat it. Let's go get it. Let's kick cancer's ass and let's do it in the most buffalo way possible by playing hockey. So help us out. It'd be great. At Derek Kramer 49 and at Frank R. Curie. And of course, be sure to stop over to see us literally four months from now because today is the 11th of March. Literally four months from now. Make sure to catch us at Harbor Center. We'll be there twice. Not that hard to miss us. Thank you for listening to Leftovers Podcast. I'm Derek Kramer. I'm Frank Carcurry. And, I mean, yeah, it was a little more of a downer note, 
to end it on. But once again, I will say something that I'm going to regret. <sighs> Get my page to $1,000. Same here. And you will be able to force me to, on the podcast, have to eat broccoli. Vegetables in general. Nope, I've picked the vegetable. It's going to be broccoli? It's broccoli. Okay. Live on the podcast. Okay. Well, live on the podcast, but then you can just hear it back on the podcast. Yeah. Frank will probably live stream it or something like a jerk. Yes. We'll figure out something for Frank. We still have to figure that out. But. All right. Thanks for listening. Get both, our, get both of our pages to $1,000. Thanks for listening. Don't even just have to be 1000 Just get as much money as you can. Get any help you can get. Any help. Great. Our goal is $1,000. Anything you can do for us is awesome. Thank you for listening to Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Frank Curry. And we have two games with no Jack Eichel. Hopefully... In the middle of those games, the Bills do something on free agency that starts on Wednesday to help us feel a little better. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.